Next thing you know, chicks are going to be hitting you up on the horn, showing up for autograph deals. Autograph deals? <laughs> in, on the horn? Going to make your life a hell. A what living am I, hell. In an Air Force bunker in 1987? Get, no, get, you're in get a, him on the horn right now. <laughs> no, you're in a Air Force bunker where you don't know Beetlejuice quotes. Um, autograph deals. <laughs> dude, <laughs> coolest... Coolest thing happened to me today. All right, I woke up early, uh, met up with my parents. We went and uh, uh, we went to the flea market. All it did was just make me mad because there there wasn't jack shit. I didn't even feel like buying any produce. But when I was going through one of the uh, like the kiosk things peppers. inside, yep, and uh, they, they they had these like these guys selling like legit old school toys, and like everything was like so over overpriced. But it was like. It was one of those nice things where I was being that collector elitist asshole. I was like, I got it. I got it. I got it. Still in the package. That's the crappy one. Uh, why are you selling that for that much? This giant uh, Star Wars number one uh, from Marvel back in the 70s or early 80s. I, can't, I don't know when the, when the original ones came out. But they were selling it for like $98. My mom got that for me at a flea market 10 years ago for like a dollar. Anyway, but I'm walking That's out of the that sound store. Of me, like, yeah, all right. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize yeah. no one could see me. Yeah. I'm, I'm walking out of that store, and this super cool looking black dude. I mean, he just looks so like cut, like, and he's like, I fucking like that shirt, man. And he mm. gave me a socially distant too sweet because I was wearing my OG yes. Bullet Club shirt. I got a socially distant too sweet, and I was like, No, I like your fucking shirt. He was mm-hmm. wearing. He was wearing the coolest fucking Wu-Tang Clan shirt ever. Uh, like, like it was all black, and all the letters were shiny gold, and he's like, thank you. He's like, yeah, I know I look kind of weird, but I'm down with Wu-Tang. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but we've got some good comics today. In fact, I didn't even tell you my list. No, you did not. did not I didn't. inform me of your list. All right, so I think I got most of your list. Stop me when, at the end of this. Tell me what I got to add. We got Daphne Byrne, number six, Mortal Hulk, number 35, Giant Size X-Men, number one, Magneto, Gardens of the Galaxy, number four, Ghost Rider, number seven, Empire, number one, Amazing Spider-Man, number 44, Die, 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 number 11, I, Wolverine, number one, and Marvel's X, number four. I, Wolverine, really? Is that Uh, any good? Let's start there. Well, we still gotta, like, we gotta, you gotta kiss me and take me to dinner before we start getting into the business, man. How you been this week, man? I've been freaking busy. I've been so busy, I'm agitated. Like, I, I, I can't... Uh, you know, you wake up and you ignore your email for one day and, uh, because it's a weekend and you're not supposed to be working, but people are texting you relentlessly. I, this is what I thought. This is what I thought would happen. And I was complaining about this a minute ago. You know, you, we've been sitting at home doing our thing, and I've been making myself really busy. And uh, then as soon as I start working... 
Uh, it's just your time is gone. None of you, nothing is your time anymore. And uh, even even on the weekend, I've still got people texting and texting, and I'm like, guys, I know you're at your kid's gr- virtual graduation, and I know you're at your your. Uh, I know you you don't have anywhere to go. You're stuck there because you came in from out of state. But that doesn't mean I've got, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not wanting to chill out by myself. But I uh, I was uh, I've got this project I'm working on now, and it's got a lot of uniforms in it and trying to duplicate the appearance of those uniforms i'm very excited about so can you tell us what movie you're working on no not yet i'll do that some i'll do that later but um uh there's i'm trying to i'm trying to duplicate real people and i'm also trying to duplicate uh the reality of some other folks uh that are not real people necessarily they're like background performers and uh turn myself up here a little bit make sure that I'm coming in hot and I uh, so I was watching something with similar similar styles and like okay how do I match that and then I thought to myself is that just like cheating on an exam like what if they got it wrong and then what if I get it wrong so yeah. then, it, then at the very least I can turn it around to people and just be like hey this is what we're going for okay it doesn't have to exactly match that but um, yeah I don't know it's just things like that I got, you were talking about going out and getting, getting some stuff. I got really excited because some of my buddies on a Star Trek playing cards uh, users group were posting that these discount stores nationwide seemed to have boxes of a particular expansion. And I was like, oh my god, there's one of those places like a mile south of me. So I raced down there and like perused the entire store. Couldn't come up with any of them, so... All these guys on the East Coast, at least as far west as Tennessee, are coming up with uh, some of these boxes right now, and I'm just like, imagine, imagine if they, imagine if there were like, if Magic didn't, Magic the Gathering didn't exist anymore, and there were you all, the only way you could play was with people who were uh, just online fans, and suddenly there was a box of like Zendikar from way back or something that was showing up in six or seven at a time. At some yeah. discount shop that was nationwide, you'd be like, "Oh my god, you know, seven dollars a box." You know, yeah, you'd... I'll I'll eat ramen for the next month. I fucking need these cards. Like if yeah. I found an original box of fucking, uh, uh, God, um, Innistrad, I, I would. Oh, just, I would lose yeah. my mind over an Innistrad box. Yeah. An original I would, I would, OG Innistrad uh, box. Rise of the Eldrazi, Zendikar, because of those full art cards, and also because of so much Eldrazi. The planeswalkers were cool, and then definitely, you know, all just you can, I don't think you can have enough of Eldritch Moon and, and uh, Return to Innistrad. Is it Return? I, I think it is Return to Innistrad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I was completely <coughs> surprised about how much I love the Ikoria box set, man. Mm-hmm. Like I've never, I've never enjoyed making uh, a white. I've never made a, a white deck before. Yeah. Like and or a blue and. Like, it's, I've been having, like, my mixed color deck is, like, I can't wait to fuck someone up with it. Like, I, <laughs> I, 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 I scored big time on the box I got. And it's, and guys, like, if you're going, like, building things, like, individually, like, that is not the way to go. I know it sounds, I mean, if, if you're into Magic, you're not, there, I don't think there's anyone casually into Magic. When you're casually into Magic, you're just not playing anymore. Um, but when you're playing... Just buy the whole fucking booster box. Like, oh, that's the that, way. Yeah, that's, you can get that's, a fat pack for the cool stuff, but like, go ahead and right. buy a booster box. 
buy the booster box, you're going to get about 80 to 90% of the entire set, if not maybe 95 if you get lucky, which I did on this one. Yeah. And uh, you're not going to be scrounging around for a card that you didn't know existed because you didn't get the catalog or didn't see what the hell else was coming out beforehand. And, and it goes so you, far. Pokemon's the same way. If you're playing Pokemon, it's Go Fest this weekend in Pokemon Go. And uh, I played for a little while yesterday, and I, I guess, like, I got through the stuff really fast, but um, uh, and that's a huge thing in that game right now. If you've got the money, buy two boxes. Uh, just put one in, put one somewhere safe, and sell it in two years for triple the cost. Pretty much, uh, yeah. Especially if it's got game-changing mechanisms in it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not... I'm still kind of torn about these collector sets that are coming out, like where it's like $250 for a, a 20 booster box set that it's, it's guaranteed to have these special cards in it. I don't know. I, I think that's a little bit, uh, they're finding a, they're finding every nook and cranny to get our money. Like, and they're doing a very damn good job of it. Well, it's incredible because that, that game system just doesn't seem to tire and introducing new worlds and new or new planes, anyways, and and new uh, new iterations of the characters, the major planeswalkers, on a repeated basis. Like, how many Jace could you possibly have? And it's like, well, right. That's that's the sneaky trick of that, and like any other game, like Hero Clicks. I still don't have any of the WWE ones, and I know they wouldn't cross over into like Star Trek tactics or uh, you know even fighting against DC characters or whatever. But um, uh, they're gonna re they retire them. They're like, oh, that set's retired, and then, you know, yeah, you got to go back and you got to do that. But they, you know, Magic is built for being able to have like, hey, let's play whatever set you want to play tonight, and if that means you've got thirty four of this particular, you know, I don't know, you can't have that, guys. But the the only thing I wish that they would do is that each individual card would have some sort of barcode or some sort of scan scannable item on it that way you if you got the physical card why not you already paid the fucking money why not just be able to get it use it in magic arena as opposed to having to buy it again or get lucky in a virtual booster <coughs> card I, didn't they uh i've never played pokemon online but they have like a, a heat transfer or a thing that you zap uh on the card there's one card in every every pack you buy and it lets you zap it and something happens so you can play online uh is it not like that i don't remember there being a card like that in magic there, there's been a while there's there's been a few times where i got like a pre-release set and yeah. it came with a code mm -hmm. it came with a code that let me use x amount of cards but if you have if you already paid for the card just let me fucking use it online like why the hell not because especially right now when we can't we can't really go to the stores. I mean, some, some stores are letting you play Friday Night Magic, but, you know, the, the rules are real strict about social distancing and that yeah. sort of thing. And it's 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 a little odd, but I don't know. Just just let me use my damn cards online, damn it. I know. I, I, I played a little bit of Arena. Through, was it, I, were, you, were you playing through Steam when you played online? No, no. I was playing on uh, iPad. Uh, every now and then they'll have a really good... Uh, iPad app for it, and then yeah. it'll get seriously dated. That's the thing. Like way, way back, I really wanted to play Star Trek cards that same way. Uh, especially when I was like, "Oh, I'm rocking my kid for two hours, and all I've got is one one thumb and hand that I can do anything with." 
And then you try right. to read a book and try to turn a page. It was just really tough. But that was, of course, years and years ago. But yeah, so. What did I did I miss any comics that you want to talk about when I went through the list? I uh, I can't remember the entire list now. I've got uh, I've got Marvel's X number four. I've got the new Avengers from last week that's dealing with Conchu uh, and Moon Knight. Um, I've got Empire, the new Empire issue, and then I've got. Uh, uh, oh, let me pull them out here. See what the other one is. Our connection went south really bad. Suddenly, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy, the new Guardians book number four. Mm. To the Galaxy. We've got Marvel's X number four from last week, and then I've also got the new Avengers. What is that? Thirty-four featuring Kanchu. Kanchu the uh, or Moon Knight more 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 Moon Knight than Kanchu rather. I completely forgot that storyline was going on. I'm starting to see it come together. I'm starting to see how it's crystallizing into something. It's, it's, right. I think this has got some, some traction. I've got it, and I just haven't read it yet. Why don't you lead us into it? Yeah, like, it's just tough right now with stuff not necessarily coming out as fast as it should be to keep all of these storylines going concurrently. And then for you to, for anybody, I think, if, I mean, for me, with as much as there is to go to do, to come in and remember, oh yeah, all of that that happened in the previous issue. Like, are we going to get back to a sense of normalcy someday? And I'm going to be, oh, I just want to buy that trade and reread all of those, or I'm going to sit down with my single issues and just belt out on that story one night. And I mean, it's like I think that's part of the question. I'm not dissing on this story or anything. But I think it's incumbent on the writing, the creative teams right now, make something that people are going to remember very well in case there are distribution issues right now. Anyway, or so at least give us a good recap at the beginning that's, oh, yeah. yeah, 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 that's where we were. Cool. Yeah, it might be worth spending a page on that. Anyway, this is uh, Avengers number 34, Legacy issue three, or 734, rather, Age of Khonshu part two. Um, I was a little bewildered by the front cover, but then, you know, it kind of comes together on, on the last couple of pages. But yeah, the business that's been going on with this is that Mark Spender, Spe uh, Mark Spector Moon Knight, uh, resurrected by Khonshu. Like, they keep saying he was dead. I don't remember when he was dead. I don't know how that happened. I don't um, remember that at all. I mean, and we've been uh, pretty diligent. Yeah. And it's interesting because most of the Moon Knight I've ever read doesn't make a big deal about his ties to Khonshu, the Egyptian, you know, character, the Egyptian god. But they're going, they're like doubling down on it here. And I'm like, this is cool because this takes us in a whole new character with this, or new direction with this character. Man, I'm thinking so far ahead of myself that I'm saying what I'm thinking rather than what's coming you're, out in order. You're uh, not at work, man. Yeah, that's the hard part. So you've got all of this business where it's a flashback at the beginning to uh, what, what uh, Moon Knight has been doing in Egypt, and he was fighting a bunch of Khonshu acolytes or whatever they are. And I guess it answers the question that you had to have at the end of the first or the previous issue, why is he doing this? What, what happened? How did we get to this point? There was no lead-up to this. There wasn't even like a Moon Knight series uh, leading up to this point. 
to make this a cross-titled situation. And Came so, out of nowhere. Yeah, it really did. And you're like, how does Moon Knight get to rip off Mjolnir? How does Moon Knight get the 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 the, the penance stare and the Ghost Rider powers, etc.? So basically, Moon Knight was uh, angry about his situation with Khonshu, but he found Khonshu to be kind of like a a quivering whelp of a character, and at some point they have the conversation where Moon Knight is made aware this incredible danger is coming. coming. Kind of like what's going on in Thor right now. Kind of like what's going to inevitably go on with, I think, other characters with, um, who is the, who is the Venom symbiote god? Uh, no. No. He's on, he's on his way. Exactly. All of these old gods seem to be popping up and maybe they're on the way to mess something up. And I'm like, this could be an awesome way to end this year for every powerful, godlike, bad guy entity for each rogue, rogues gallery to all show up and cause havoc and just turn into a giant mess. Well, basically, <clears throat> somehow or another, they, they've had this conversation and Mark Spector is on his side now. And he's like, we got to do this. We got to hurt people. We got we to gotta rip off their powers. We got to hurt our friends to be able to save everything. And of course, everybody that, think, everybody that knows him thinks he's just having another like psychotic break. But what did he do in this issue? He goes and freaking destroys Mephisto. Amazing that this is even okay. possible. And you're like, how did that even happen? Because Mephisto isn't even the uh, the is demon he lord of hell anymore. Did he kill Mephisto? He killed Mephisto. Okay, that pisses me off. All but right, you're we'll going to appreciate how it was done, I think. No, well, I'm sure I will, but even then, like, I was, like spitballing in my head like how to react to this and you just you just completely threw a fucking monkey wrench at me just keep going <laughs> so i mean i don't want to necessarily tell you how it happened but um i can appreciate it no nah, tell me tell me tell me well i mean mephisto's like don't think because i'm just trapped in the cell that i'm powerless and then in the next page in the next uh, uh panel i guess it's just this big juicy sound and then he's looking at a giant gaping hole in his chest before he falls over. And Moon Knight has used Mjolnir with Ankhs that have the powers of these other characters and thrown it through him. Kind of like in Thor recently where uh, desiccated Galactus lost part of his hand to Thor flinging Mjolnir at him. And I'm right. like, there we go. Okay, that all works. And so the point is, he's like, okay, this is what I've got to do to get rid of McFisto. And at the same time, Khonshu is like, it doesn't, yeah, you know that's not going to be the end of him. And he's like, it's the end of him for now, is essentially the point. But then, Iron, or, uh, uh, then uh, <clears throat> Moon Knight gives Khonshu that weapon, those weapons, those powers, and in the next couple of panels, or the next couple of pages, we see that he has altered New York into this pseudo-Egyptian techno uh, temple to make it the center of his empire. And I'm starting to see, hopefully, that whatever is going on transforms the entire world. And it makes me go back and think about Avengers 2, which I don't think a lot of people do think about. I really, really appreciate 
what Ultron was saying in that movie. You, you want to change the world, but you don't want to change yourselves. You don't want to change your life. You don't want to change how it is. And it's like, yeah, Earth will survive, but with the power, uh, but because Ultron will make sure of it. But you all have to be subject to that. It's That's the kind of situation, like, how do you save the reality without completely changing everything? And then everybody wants everything to go back to normal. It's like, at a certain point, in comics, in, in stories, in movies, that's what happens. Unless you're watching Help some me. crazy thing like Deep Impact, where at the end they're like, nothing will ever go back to normal, but we will be a hardier society, or Independence Day 2, which was a miserable mess, but uh, still, like, oh yeah, we changed our entire way of life to be able to deal with the possibility of being invaded by aliens. It's the same thing. What do we do with the COVID world? If, this, this is not going away. This is like... This is a 20-year problem. This is a generation of there will always be sick people until we have a vaccine. And will the vaccine work? And then when will it infiltrate it where it needs to get to to have universal coverage? And what's more, I'll never believe that if we can have a COVID vaccine within five years of it happening, that, that we would not have a vaccine for AIDS or to deal with cancer or something like that. Like, oh, it's it's there, man. Yeah. Like uh, I've been listening to a lot of different podcasts lately, and like it's the money isn't in the cure. The money yeah. is in the treatment, and it's it's a whole bunch of bullshit. It makes me hate the way things are going right now because everyone is in big pharma's pockets. Uh, everyone's shitting their pants about what this fucking bitch that fucking helped this guy get all these uh, rich guys. Uh, oh, Jillian like, Maxwell. Yeah, uh, there's that going on. Uh, If we get a... please. Like, this is, yeah. Break the old foundations. Destroy the pillars of the old society. We are living in that world right now. You know? I'm worried that we're living in V for Vendetta right now, because if we have a cure within by the the end of the year, we're just going to follow the money. (laughs) Like, but it's not going to matter. No one's going to care because there's a cure and all these people made money. Yeah. Um, Help me understand this... uh, tete-a-tete with uh, Black Panther here. Oh, well, I, I, do, I do dig that entire sequence because when, we, when you... And I appreciate that. I hope that the creators of this story... I'm sorry, I did not do the credits. Um, let me go back to that. Yeah, it's... Uh, Dan, it, oh, where did it go? I totally lost it. It's Jason... It's, it's uh, Jason Keith is the color artist... It is VCs Corey Pettit. Uh, I'm not going to go into any of this stuff with multiple covers. Um, it's Jason Aaron, and uh, Jason Aaron. Th- so the so the that's what I appreciate because maybe they're looking back at New Avengers Illuminati from a couple of years ago, um, and the crossover event that had Thanos coming to Earth and Black Bolt, you know, the whole thing with Adalon. At the end, but what I'm what the point you're asking, like when those bad guys showed up, when the Black Order showed up, they fought in Wakanda and they failed there, and then they fought in Atlantis. But King Namor bowed before them and said, "Thanos is my my ruler." And but Black Bolt or Black Black Panther would not do it. And so here, Black Panther being the the, the thing that's going on there is that. Moon Knight wants Black Panther to give up the secret of his particular power. 
And that would be whatever the whole business was that we saw in uh, the Black Panther movie. But um, he won't do it. And they're going to flog him. And they're going to flog him with this many priests every day. And, and they're going to add more every day until he finally is too weak to put up with it. But, I mean, it's just Black Panther's will cannot be broken. Absolutely I think that's not. his true superpower. And uh, uh, that, that's essentially what's going on there. But he's, he's got to the point where he's capable of escaping in the end. And I think that's mainly because Moon Knight retained the penance stare for himself rather than giving that up to Khonshu so that there is a way out. But also, it begs the question, like, does... It begs a lot of questions. Is Mark Spector completely on the side of Khonshu? Or is he retaining the power for himself to be able to be a more effective soldier in this situation? Or does he realize that Black Panther has to be... A, a free agent in the circumstances. But that's the thing. At the end of this, what we start to realize, because there's a sequence with uh, uh, Captain Marvel and with Iron Man, and they've got baby Starbrand with them. They're like, he's the secret to being... Starbrand is the secret to being able to deal with this whole situation, but they're surrounded, and they've been on the run. Everywhere they go, these uh, the acolytes missing, show up. He's the missing piece of the puzzle, but he's too young. Uh, yeah. Okay, so I... I, I, I couple things here. I think Mark Spector is trying to get information out of uh, Black Panther, because you bring up the his will cannot be broken. Mm-hmm. I don't think he wants the, the power of Black Panther. I think he wants to know how he can keep his will strong, because Khonshu Good was going to take, was going to keep him, was going to come out anyway, and he knew it, and now it's out, and he's got to have some, He he I think he thinks he's the only one that can stop it. And yeah. in order to do that, he's got to have the, the the unbreakable will of uh, of uh, T'Challa. The other I, thing is, I really appreciate you saying that. I mean, I really, I did not catch that. That's a good good logic. The the other thing I'm thinking of is because they've been building this story for quite a while about the original Avengers when it was led by Odin with the original Black Panther, uh-huh. Iron Fist, uh, Doctor Strange, not Doctor Strange, the original uh, uh, the uh, Agamotto guy. Um, it was it was Agamotto. It, it was Agamotto. Um, that, and then, of course, the Starbrand was there. And mm-hmm. the Phoenix. We're, we haven't... Starbrand's too young. It's too... We gotta be careful when we bring any sort of Phoenix up at all. Uh, because it's just gonna turn into a shitstorm. So, we've got that thing going. The other thing is that it, I, I'm looking here, and he's taken off as a ghostwriter. And yep, yep. When, and that's where it ends. The, the thing that really pisses me off, and I'm gonna... Uh, transition to the next comic is uh, Ghost Rider number seven where Danny Ketch has gotten the powers of like the, the opposite of the Ghost Rider. Uh, Johnny Blaze has been, every time he kills a demon that he gets imprinted on their their hatred so he is slowly losing himself and the, the powers that be in hell right now, because he's the king of hell right now, Mephisto is, is on a chain that Danny that that uh, that Johnny Blaze has, he's gonna kill him, and but he, he really he really can't do that right now because he he doesn't want to be stuck in hell. He's pissed at Strange for getting stuck there, and he's also mad that Danny blissed out in the first place, and he's got this monkey on his back that's Mephisto who's obviously doing his best to you know manipulate him, and if he doesn't, 
then the worst people are going to take over hell, and this is the end of the battle. And the reason I got mad when you were talking about Mephisto earlier was that he's still alive and well right now in the pages of Ghost Rider, and, you know, he's battling... Doctor Strange is doing everything. It's, it's just one of those things, like, it, it adds an extra bit of anxiety to me that I'm reading something that is fodder and is not canon. And that's one thing oh, that I... Oh, yeah, right? Like... I don't mind if it's not canon as long as I know it's not canon because this is our money, this is our time. Um, don't don't dick us around like this. And uh, before I forget, uh, Ed Brisson, writer, uh, Aaron Cooter uh, with a K, artist, Cooter, yeah. Jason Keith, colorist, BC's Joe Caramongo, a letterer, and Aaron Cooter and Jason Keith as cover artists. So the, the battle ends. Um, Catch is able to get Johnny to, to sober the fuck up and the battle for hell has like one last thing that, that has to happen. They haven't brought in Robbie right now, who's the, the, the main ghostwriter, who God knows where he is right now because he's in the pages of Avengers. Uh, but he's also in the pages of Empire right now. Um, yep. So it's, 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 I guess, like, we had some uh, technical problems, guys, sorry. But like, what really is pissing me off right now is I guess I'm, I don't know if I'm stressing myself out and I shouldn't be because like I said earlier, am I reading something that doesn't matter? Uh, Mephisto is alive and well in this book. It needs to stay alive for hell to be, you know, come to a, a, not some sort of stasis because um, it's a necessary evil. And then he's dying by Mjolnir and, but Mjolnir is getting manipulated in pages of the empire right now. So it, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. What do you think? Am I, am I stressing myself out, or, or should I just not no, worry dude, about gotta, it? I, I had the same question earlier. I thought to myself, uh, what was I was reading something different, and um, God, what was it? Yeah, it's that same thing. Like, how many places can Wolverine be at the same time? And you know, yeah, the Mjolnir thing is a big deal because I just—it's this awesome thing when it's an everyday thing for Thor. But if they're constantly doing something new and unusual with Mjolnir, uh, it's going to lose its weight. But what we have to keep in mind is this, that the uh, release schedule for distribution is super messed up. So, right. it's, you know, Benefit you might have that. two books, two completely different books going on with Mojo at the same time. And does that make any difference? You know, and it's just, I, I just think that we got to give them the benefit of the doubt right now. But that's what I'm saying is, like, if you're going to do something right now, I hope you're doing it awesome. Because people can't remember every little detail now. and Especially it, people like us that read everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's going to add up. Shit, I'd kill for two books with Mojo right now. I love Mojo. He's one of my <laughs> favorites. He's one of my favorites. But now that... Now that I've calmed down, because I was really stressing myself out just talking about that. Like, yeah. like, like it was. I remember when you were talking before we started recording. I'm like, God damn, this guy's fucking stressed out. I'm like, I never get that stressed out. But then I start talking about Mephisto being in two books. And I'm like, okay, I need to calm down. Just need to relax. It's, I get stressed out when I realize that zero percent of my time is my own. I don't mind it because I've got so many different. I don't know, like compression release valves, wrestling, interviewing, reading, 
I don't know, taking smoke breaks at work. I don't know. I, 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 I have to steal my time. So I, I guess I've just, <laughs> I guess I've just uh, made better amends with it than you. Oh, man. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't get those things. Even when I'm, it's just one of those places where, like, even when I'm, uh, um, when I do have a minute, I still feel like I'm, I'm still putting thought into it. And at a certain point, it's like, you're working in the shower, you're working when you're laying down, you're working right when you wake up, and you, you're constantly checking the clock, and you're like, oh my god, how much time have I lost by sleeping an extra 10 minutes today, or 20 minutes, or something? It just adds up, and it's, it's uncomfortable. It can be, but I don't know, I guess I've just been really fulfilled lately, because I've been... Uh, I've I abide by the rules. I wear my mask when I'm out. Oh, yeah. I'm not put my not putting my mouth on no one. But I'm still going out there. Like my family and I went to had um, we went and had breakfast today. Like at Village Inn. We had to pay you know play by the rules. But at the same time though, I know some people that I feel like are really overdoing it. Yeah. And 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 by overdoing it, I mean consumed by fear. <laughs> and not not knowing how to properly self care and know that like, you know, just because there's a virus right now doesn't mean that you're, you're dead already. And your, your, your quality of life in, I don't know, like people talk about their civil liberties being infringed on. Uh, I'm more concerned about people living in fear and wasting time. They can't get back. And, and, I remember when it first started, I felt the same way. That like every time I went out to the grocery store, it was a crapshoot. I'm gonna come back and get my like my family sick, and I'm responsible. And I still feel, you know, worried about that. But I'm I'm also not. I, I there's no way you could really tell. And then I don't know. Yeah. I'm doing I'm doing my I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best, and that's all I can do. But I'm also I'm also not living in fear, but I, I'm still taking it very seriously. Right. Now, uh, I wanted to talk about iWolverine 2020, and I know you kind of scoffed at it at first, but don't hear... Yeah, you can't tell I, me why, that's, why that works. It just feels this like is, sticking Wolverine on another title. This is one of my favorite books that came out last week, by the okay. way. Uh, and I was really surprised, because uh, I was actually wondering about this, because in the pages of... Uh, what's the storyline with uh, all the robots... Rebelling with Machine Man. What's that oh, storyline called? It was Machine Man 2020, and it was Iron Man 20. It was the whole yeah. 2020 debacle that could have been amazing, and they they basically just. I'm done reading it. I'm not. I'm not doing any more with it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not doing any more with it either. But the one thing that I was confused about, and I think I mentioned it to you uh, when we first started reading it, was the absence or the. Well, I think they showed him like once or twice, but he wasn't. A main character was Albert Wolverine's cyborg uh, replica, who is one of my favorite characters from back in the day. Okay. Uh, him and him and Elise D. They were created. Elise D. is a tiny little girl robot who was made as a living bomb, and they were both created to destroy Wolverine. Uh, Elise D. basically figured out that she didn't want to die, and was able to get that bomb removed. And we're talking, they're they were created. They gained sentience. They knocked, you know, knocked it down with Wolverine a couple of times. He made sure that they were okay when they, when he realized they were on the level. They just needed to get a little bit of a jolt that, you know, they shouldn't be out there just trying to kill him or anyone that gets in their way. Yeah. And 
And this this book is a really sweet book because it's Albert looking for Elise D. And he's in, he shows up in Madripoor, and I'm automatically I'm hooked. You know, the second yeah, I know Madripoor we're in... Yeah, Madripoor has got its appeals. Yeah, the, the second I know we're in Madripoor, we're fine. And he goes sees uh, uh, Tiger in her, in her, the princess bar, which everyone always goes to. I mean, that's where... That's the first place that Black Widow went when she went uh, in the, the, the Soska sisters uh, story. Right. And, and he's, he's, he, he lays it out. I'm looking for Elise D. Where the fuck is she? And his presence is known, but they think he's Patch. And a bunch of assassins are sent to kill him, and he eliminates everyone one by one. I mean, it's the, the quickness and his efficiency at murders was eclipsed by how much he loves Elise D and is trying to get her pierced. We're talking, we're talking created by Pierce, and it's, it's, we go into his laboratory, and there are these poor half-human, half-robots that are just begging, you know, just kill me, and he doesn't give a shit. He just wants to know where Elise D is. He finds her head. She is programmed into a computer to cook the books for some asshole fucking um, Yakuza guy, who she's like the best accountant he's ever had, and uh, he tortures the guy until he finds out where her arms, torso, and legs are, mm. and he mur he murders his way to assemble her. And uh, a lot of people might have a little bit of trouble with her because she's got that Baba Wawa wisp um, when she talks. Like, mm, yeah, okay, uh, yeah. Uh, she it, it's it's written into the dialogue, but I, I just really love these this duo, and it's it's gonna, just going to be a two issue story. That's it. And I'm looking at this comic right now, and I'm glad I fucking bought it. And the, art, the the covers are great. She gets a new costume. She's all psyched that she's anime. And then we, we move on. And it is part of the 2020 checklist. Apparently there's only three left. But I don't care. I just want to read I Wolverine. And, <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, written by Larry Hama. That was what another thing that I loved about it. Artist Roland uh, Boshi, colorist Andres Mosa, letterers VC Joe Sabino, covered by Juan Jose Rip and Jesus uh, Albertov. Good story, guys. Thank you for bringing. Thank you for bringing back a character I really love. I mean, unfortunately, the artwork on the cover is vastly superior to the artwork inside, but that doesn't mean it wasn't very. It wasn't good. Yeah, that stuff happens, man. What do you got next, brother? Oh, uh, let's see. We did the uh, we did the Avengers, so let's go to another story incorporating the Avengers. This is happening concurrently, so that we all have to wonder how they can fit it all into a day. I think I'm busy. They're busy. Um, you can go ahead and do it. It's Avengers Empire, uh, Avengers Fantastic Four Empire Number One. So. Let's see what... There we go. Yeah, so it's Al Ewing and Dan Slott are the right. writers. Uh, Al Ewing is the actual script writer. Uh, Valero... I'm going to be very careful with this. Valero Shitty is the uh, artist, and uh, the color artist is Marte Garcia. VC's Joe Caramagna is the letterer. I'm going to say the art is really awesome. There are so many interesting, like... It's depths and stuff like that vanishing stunning, coins almost stunning cosmic scenes where you're, we're talking like four points of like visualization here yeah for real the the it's just 
it's really pretty to look at through the whole thing and then there are lens flares and there are light gradients and then they'll superimpose like the earth looks very photorealistic and then uh, the sun also it's just I, it's just a handsome looking bunch of artwork I like how ballsy they are putting Hulkling as one of the main characters like totally I forgot about I forgot about that guy last time I remember him he was in Young Avengers right uh huh totally yeah and I like isn't he isn't he gay like yep. I, I yep. think he, he was he was with um with Doomshead no yeah it was either it was it was within the pages of Doomshead the new issues of Doomshead that he I think he was with Wiccan and it was a great story but I, 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 I'm not gonna lie the first time I saw this I was like where the fuck is Hulkling here and then I was like you know what it's yeah. Dan Slott just shut up <laughs> yeah <laughs> just, good point just strap in enjoy the ride um we're not well we're, we are getting that quintessential fantastic four put in a bad spot like why are you on this ship <laughs> we're we're about to destroy this ship why are you there well we you know we broke down <laughs> they gave us a jump yeah it's just like hey we were li- we were here just a little bit ahead of you all and blah 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 do you notice how the Quinjets look like the Quinjets from the Avengers movie franchise now? I love it. Yeah, I don't mind. It's such a good... It's, it's so much better than the way they always did look. These these look tacitly realistic. Well, uh, not, not only that, but, like it, but if you bought the Quinjet Lego sets, it justifies how it's still legitimate. Yeah, and I know that I know that's an odd thing to bring up, but like if you buy... like. Like, let's say you bought, like, the they made a Ghost Rider Lego of the new car. And then a week later, after you're so proud of this, Ghost Rider's got a new car. <laughs> and oh, then yeah, all man. of a sudden, all of a sudden, your, your, your kick-ass new Ghost Rider Lego isn't that cool anymore because there's another cooler one out there. They haven't made the Lego set yet, but they just discredited it, which is a thing. It, it, it happens. I know it's a, it's a weird fanboy thing to, to feel, but... Um, I like how you pointed that out. It, it, it justifies it. I love it. Yeah, I've got the prototype from Lego one from the Captain Marvel set. I've got the first one they did. I got the second one they did. I got the one that came with uh, the Captain America Civil War one, uh, which is a little smaller. And then I've got the one from the Avenger or from Avengers two that came with the little uh, little South Korean car and the like the. Like the sequence in South Korea, the whole uh, vision escape yeah. sequence. Like, and I haven't yeah. even opened that box. Like, at a certain point, you run out of space. And there are all these guys in my I'll, Lego groups who are freaking out about trying to get this set or that set. Like Ninjago City, dude. If you haven't look look, look that up sometime, look up the Ninjago City uh, Lego set. I have I will that look it up. unopened. And it has gone up at least 100% in price in the box, maybe more. I'm going to nice. get to the point where I'm afraid to open it, and I want to do that build. Do the build with Luke, with your son, man. Like, uh, that's a, it's a two- or three-day build. It's like building the Death Star. It'll be awesome. Yeah. Anyway, well, so, so, so... Yeah, sorry we got off, off, oh, off no, topic, no. guys. But. Yeah, that's a good thing to get off on. The, uh, but the... Uh, the um, yeah, so, you know, you've got the Avengers hanging out in the blue area of the moon where the Katadi have shown up. And it's weird because in the previous books, they were, these Katadi were billed as these 
simple characters that no one should hurt. Oh, why are they even, like, they're the suckers in this poor grand scheme of battle between the Kree and the Skrull. And I'm like, I, I, I've read a lot of Cosmic Marvel. I don't remember ever hearing of these guys. Uh, and then, uh, what did you say this guy's name is? Corey or something? Who is the leader? How do you pronounce it? It's K Q U O I. Q U O I. Like he's Sequoia. I'm sorry. Yeah, he was Sequoia, but it's Koi. That's what it was. Um, or Qua. <laughs> Qua. I think it's yeah. <laughs> I think it's Koi. And then they, so they've gone and they've. I, I don't know. I mean, you're going into this whole thing, and they're like, "We got to go fight this giant fleet that's combined Kree and Skrull." That's a huge deal because they've been at war for generations, thousands of years, and now we've got, like, this ship with that technology jammed on it. And it's like, okay, well, then if they've come together and they're showing up at Earth, Earth is in trouble. And then, of course, they realize the FF is on board, and they're like, uh, how do we deal with that? Yeah, Hulkling is there. You've got Kalert, the Super Scroll, who was dead, uh, even as far back as um, the War of the Kings storyline. Yeah. And he just okay. keeps coming back. You know, they just kill people and bring him back willy-nilly. And then you've got... He's not a pursuer. Uh, da, 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 what is the title? I love how fluent you are in Korean scroll. Like, that That just makes me happy. Oh, it has its moments. I mean, these, these things pop up. It's just like, what kind of character is going to come out of it? You only have so many named characters... In the in the in the scroll, but like with the Cree, they have all of these fun things that make sense to us. Like you know, it's Captain Marvel or it's Captain Glory or Captain Atlas or it's fun. Minerva. It's fun. So they just take a name, they stick a bunch of extra apostrophes in it, spread it out, and you know, you just kind of like, okay, that's your theme. I get it. But um, I mean, basically, the shenanigans get started, and everybody starts fighting, and. Then you've got this, I'm going to call it like Space Buster armor that Black Panther morphs into, which is kind of rad. We've never seen that before. Uh, but, and then you've actually got a killer panel in here where the Super Skrull is fighting with flaming Johnny Storm hands, like multiple arms. Like when you see uh, like a like a Indian god and it's got multiple arms, Imagine yeah. that, but with, like, all of them are flaming Johnny Storm fists. Because, of course, he's using his Fantastic Four powers, and so he's not just stretching like Dr. Mr. Fantastic, but he's utilizing Mr. Fantastic's powers in a way we've never seen Mr. Fantastic do. I, I, can, I dig that. That makes him his own thing. But they get into this whole thing, and there's a whole trick that, that uh, Tony Stark has in mind to be able to immobilize this enchanted or ultra tech sword that hulkling has and i don't know where it came from i don't know if i missed an issue of something it wasn't it, it hasn't been represented in anything i've been reading so i don't know where this thing came from or why holding this sword aloft is what s stopped the war and got these two implacable enemies on on the same side right. Was it a sword kill. in the stone thing or something like uh, yeah, that? Like, we, it's don't, unexplained. we don't know. You better explain that in issue one of Empire. You can't expect for everybody to be reading your issue zero and your road to Empire and your pre-road to Empire and your... Uh, your free comic book day prelude. page <laughs> prelude yeah. that was jammed in on the back flip side of The Simpsons or something. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm digging a couple of things here. Uh, yeah. First off, We've settled Jennifer down, uh, She-Hulk. 
She's got a new weapon, this awesome staff uh, slash bludgeoner. Uh, she's in charge. She's not as big as she was because the the more she becomes more Hulk-like, the bigger she gets and the more the less her mind is there. Uh, yeah. But we've got a nice balance here. I'm loving it because I, I've, I just love She-Hulk. Um, I love the fact that it's Dan Slott, and I have to trust him because he's never let me down. So we mentioned earlier about... Um, you know, just calming down because it's Dan Slott. But we've got the quintessential things that he... I think he's putting quintessential things to bed here. One of them being Tony Stark thinking he has the upper hand and then fucking everything up and it, because he did this. Uh, yeah. We don't usually get to see anybody screw up like this. And it's not even a screw up. It's just how could you... He, he got duped. He, he got duped. And I like the way the, the, uh, the thing said it. So you got suckered, kid. <laughs> mm -hmm. But... But even then, this is happening in issue one. I, I really feel that Dan Slott is putting some quintessential things that have been in the in the books since Marvel started to bed. Like, I hope this is the last time we Tony Stark has his ultimate weapon he shoots off and makes things worse. Um, it's 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 drawn out. It happened in issue one, so we've got a possibility of something even better coming out of Tony, uh, which we still don't know if he's. I still don't have any, despite how much we've read Iron Man, everything, that which Iron Man is it? Is it is it the copy? Is it the backup copy? Is it really Tony? Exactly. Is this guy, um, is this really Tony or what? Oh, yeah. It's a lot to try to digest all of that stuff. Well, this comic was hard to digest in the first place because this was, this is a really dense comic. But at the same time, you're trying to read, you're trying to read dialogue and then you get distracted by these beautiful like panoramic ships flying in we're in space i mean like i'm a sucker for that sort of stuff man i know you are too yeah when they do uh, it really really well i i appreciate it when you go back and look at war of the kings and annihilation no annihilation in particular i'm not gonna i don't know if i'm gonna qualify it as lazy but most of the spaceships in those backgrounds were um duplications they were like oh let's put Battlestar Galactica in there or let's put a rebel right. a rebel frigate from the end of Empire Strikes Back in there but we'll cut off the bottom and we'll add something different it was just these weird amalgamations of other media and I'm like how do they not get in trouble for that but mm -hmm. you know at the same time it's a, it's variable on how they're represented in certain percentages and stuff like that uh, you can go back a ways to see, like, when there was a Doctor Strange cover they got in trouble for because they basically took an album cover, somebody's album cover. I don't know, I re I, I, it was months ago I was reading about that, that they get in trouble for that stuff. So seeing completely new Starship designs that are artfully crafted, and this is the summer event, you know they put the time and effort into this. Agreed, and they also have time to fix some shit that they might have, like, wanted to fix because of COVID, because if you get to the very end of this, you'll see the checklist... And it says May. <laughs> it, yeah, it right, says, right. It says it says May, which means it should have come out back in March. Uh -huh. And and so hopefully they're able to fix some stuff. You know, whatever whatever they got to do. Uh, the possibilities of Dan Slott's writing because I just I just freaking love that guy, man. And my favorite my favorite part in this, and I know we're not trying to be too much like, oh my god, Spider Man punched the guy in the face, but it's when. Uh, uh, Spidey's not part of it. This is just a lame example. I'm talking about when Tony is like, hey, Robbie, Ghost Rider, 
or uh, are you still at the Quinjet controls? Pedal to the metal and turns the Quinjet into a Ghost Rider. <laughs> I know, dude. dude. That was so badass, and and it still gets fucked up by this sword. And the sword that stopped Mjolnir, which just killed Mephisto, even though Mephisto's not dead in Ghost Rider right now. <laughs> right. He, that's that. That's that's the end of my beef with that, guys. Sorry. <laughs> the, 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 that's the end of my beef. We'll, we'll we'll get there later. We've got some great. Like, uh, who is this guy? I'm I'm not familiar with him. Um. Uh, he says that he Captain Glory doesn't commit oh. sins. Captain Captain Glory is the Cree. Um, you is it a pursuer or I'm having a hard time remembering. Let me flip through here. I don't. I don't think he's a pursuer. No, he's not a pursuer. He's not an accuser. <clears throat> but there is um, uh, it's it, it'll be glory, right? It'll be Captain Glory. In, right. Uh, <clears throat> it's basically it's, the Cree Captain America. Like, how do we even put that? He's like their main badass weapon soldier that leads everyone to their death. I don't know. I I, I don't even know yet. That's the thing. He showed up in one of the like Road to or Prelude to or. Um, you know, individual ingredients of Empire books, and uh, I, I was like, okay, hey, here's another named Cree for once. Thank you for that. Uh, that'll just be another hero click someday. But um, <clears throat> that's a, that's really as much as I've got. Okay, so we got. Actually, I'm sorry. Until he actually does something memorable, all I can go by is that the guy's got a name. Correct. And speaking of names. It's Empire with a Y. It isn't like a pier, something we burn things on. Yeah, pyre, funeral pyre. Yeah, and then also we've got the magical plants showing up, which we are very, plants. which we're very accustomed to right now, uh, as because of Krakoa. Uh, uh, the X Men. Uh, not that I'm not saying X Men are involved with, in this at all, because they're not. But the the spelling is specific, so pier is it's it's got to be something like we're gonna see a fire in the dark side of the moon or something like that yeah it was a lot of fun this was this was a lot of fun i at first i was a little turned off by a few things but then i remembered to turn a few things off in my head to you know that that critical dude reading things like you really gotta make the effort to turn that asshole off every time (laughs) you read any comic book because you might really you might really mess up and miss something that you're really going to enjoy because you've got that Siskel and Ebert turned on in your head. Dude, for real, that's a good point. I frequently am not taking things seriously, and then I get something, and I'm like, oh, that was kind of cool, and then I go back a couple of pages and recap, and everything gets a little bit better. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me, uh, let me go through a couple of that uh, are great, but I don't want to spoil. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man. This one, number 44... Let me pull it out here real quick. The the evil centipede person that I never remember the name of. Uh, he's he's getting into Peter's head. Uh, number forty four. We're talking legacy eight forty five. So we're five issues away from a milestone. It's it's Parker at asleep at night and his dreams are getting infiltrated. But it's a it's a Inception thing where he calls MJ and he is. I think you'd really enjoy this one because he is breaking down his fears. I am 
I can't I can't take Spider-Man off. Like yeah. I, I I came home from a patrol, fell asleep, got dressed for school, opened the door to leave, and realized my mask was still on. I can't turn it off, MG. I need you. There was a question I wanted to ask you, but we'll get to it later. And he's playing with a wedding ring. Yeah. Um, the bad guys in this, I'm not familiar with, and I feel like an idiot. Uh, it, like the best I can say, maybe Fool Killer. This other guy has the ability to soup up any car he gets into, except the radio. But the the breakdown of his fears and him talking about why he's scared and he doesn't like the changes that are happening to him. Great evolution of Parker. Yeah. Great, great evolution of Parker. Uh, Daphne Byrne, number six. Let me get to her. Give me a second to get that one out. God, I was really disappointed with, 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 with Daphne Burns ending, man, because it, it just it was one of those things like when people talk about how much they like Game of Thrones, and I'm like, listen, if you like Game of Thrones, and I'm not trying to be lured here, but if you like Game of Thrones and you're you don't like how it ended, or you just want more or anything like that, play D D, play Magic the Gathering, go to Pornhub more often. <laughs> but uh, it ends with it ends with this hodgepodge, but I don't even like where, where they, the, the storyline was going so well where everything was laid out. Everything was, it was, I, I don't, I don't mind if a story isn't linear. That, 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 that's, that's not my problem here. All of a sudden it was like they had to rush to end it. And uh, her mother is trying to be impregnated by this evil group of uh, Satanists. They don't even say Wiccans. Like, and I don't want to say Wiccans because, Wiccans don't do that sort of shit. Uh, just some evil pagans, old school wise, and they want to impregnate the mother to have the daughter of their of their god. But out of nowhere, it turns out Daphne is the she she'd already been born. They just thought it was going to be a, a boy, not a girl. And the evil comes out of her and destroys all these ass these naked assholes ready to do this ritual. And it ends with her rescuing her mom and the ghost that she thought was her dad is her brother and then they start fucking at the end <laughs> like, Yikes. yeah yeah and i'm like boo <laughs> like, like you had so much potential here like we're, we're like i i wonder if this was like the ins an instance where a writer had the ending in mind where oh my god this ending is gonna blow everyone's fucking mind away but they had to have they they challenged themselves to write the first five to get there but didn't realize they were a better writer while they were writing issue one through five and then dropped in the ending issue six when they were a shitty writer when they should have just <laughs> like, like did you get what i'm saying sure how, how it, it just just backwards i'm like okay she's making out doing shit with her brother like Give me a break, man. It just, just... Distressing. Yeah, just type stepmom into Pornhub and play Magic the Gathering and you'll have a better time. I don't I don't even know how to personify that. Like, it's just just one of those things. Uh, I wanted to talk about Giant Size X-Men number one, Magneto number... Uh, yeah, tell me Ma about Magneto. that. Magneto. The reason why is because I don't know a lot about Namor. Okay. Not in the least, but you're the Namor expert. This I is... Uh, Namor, yeah. Let me pull up the credits here. Jonathan Hickman, writer. Ramon Perez, artist. Uh, David Curiel, color artist. VCs Clayton Cowles is letter and Tom Miller design. We get Magneto on this random aisle 
and he's there's just one lone guy there and like so you want to buy this place and he's like yeah uh, just name the price let me talk to the guy that owns it and he's like it's gonna it's gonna be a while and okay fine i'll wait and is that your ship over there and it's this giant barge filled with you know uh those shipping containers and mm-hmm. namor shows up namor shows up he's a quintessential asshole you As goddamn well he should be you goddamn mutants and um we have some flashbacks of uh the the white queen we've got emma like hey magneto come over eat like uh, i need i need you to do me a favor i need you to find me an island and he buys it from namor but namor is like okay uh do you want do you want this place i, I might need some help uh, some people went into a deep trench of mine and they haven't come back and they get to this giant golden seal magneto opens it for him oh it's a kraken of course it's always a kraken but <laughs> always a kraken it's always a kraken it's, it's actually like two quips in here that it's in in there they're after they destroy the kraken they're met with like three sea witches which are you know the quintessential witches the the three they might as well have had yarn that they were spinning you know at the end of the universe <laughs> and, are they sirens uh, yeah they're not sirens oracle um, type oracle type things i mean because we, we encountered this a couple years ago uh with uh thanos when he went to the edge of the edge of the universe and they're, they're similar they give him an unsolvable riddle magneto solves it and he opens all the boxes on the on the barge and builds emma this beautiful like god uh, it it looks like a the, the top of a spear with a sentinel head as the you know main focus and she shows up and says she shows up and says thanks and then it was over there was no insight like i i'm i'm going through the pages right now trying to find something that namor might have said that anything would have happened that it, it these i was expecting an annual type good story you, you know when you get that juicy sure. annual that you, you you never forget and the, the cover is beautiful and uh, i was expecting annual quality in this and this wasn't giant at all <laughs> why would you oh giant size is it's a number one because they're yeah but, are they gonna do giant size x-men number two and three and four and whatever it's well, a whole lot done, of it's a whole new series so nothing has to happen you're right i mean they did a nightcrawler a while back and it was more of a pastor type thing but like Anything I've said conjures up anything about Namor that would give me a little bit more insight what happened? I literally told you everything just happened. Nothing. Like, none of that does anything for me. There's no telling. There's the, the problem with Namor at this point is that <sighs> nobody's done anything particularly game-changer with him in a long time. The last thing I can recall is that business of his being uh, him bowing before Thanos' goons. And that was, you know, six years ago or something. That was a long time ago. That was... There was no insight. There there was, like, this... There was so much lost potential here. I mean, like, even, like, even if they had had, like, a six-page battle where you don't know where to look but had the dialogue was great while they figured shit out, I would have been happy with that. Yeah. But... Um, guys, uh, this was a total dumpster fire. Uh, if, you, <laughs> if, if, 
if you haven't read it yet, read all the X-Men Black series from two years ago, or maybe a year and a half ago. I'm sorry, I'm still discombobulated about time because of the damn quarantine. But maybe a year and a half ago, it was like X-Men Black, Magneto, Juggernaut, Black, uh, White Queen. I mean, like, that was cash money. Um, last thing I want to do before we get anything a little bit juicier is the Immortal Hulk number 35. Let me get to that. Legacy number 752. Uh, the, the, the quote at the beginning is always good. There is a certain amount of kindness, just as there is a certain amount of light. We cast a shadow and something wherever we stand, and it is no good moving from place to place to save things because the shadow always follows. And that is a quote from Ian Forrester, A Room with a View. Uh Last time we talked, I don't know if we talked about it. I think we did when Hulk got the evil psychedelic monster out of everyone's mind. They realized the Hulk's a good guy. Um, Hulk's banners inside his head talking with dumb Hulk and double Hulk is somehow chained up in the mind. And every time they look at the chains, the chains get bigger and they don't know why that's happening. He's got a throw down with Betty. He just wants to talk to his wife and she refuses to turn from her evil, like um, harpy esque monster that, because she insists that it's her, and she takes off. Like, she's she's done. And Hulk is uh, now the good guy. He's uh, on the front page, he's on TV, and he's having a little bit of trouble because he remembers that you know, the Avengers always hurt Hulk, and he wants, you know, he's their friend, it's dummy Hulk, and, oh, it's no problem. Samson's like, don't worry, we don't have to teleport him out of there. Rick is with him. But Rick is actually infiltrated, is actually the leader, and he puts this random spark of gamma into him and the Hulk just blows up in front of everyone in front of the TV. And we end with the, the title ending at the end, uh, a certain amount of light, Al Ewing writer, Mike Hawthorne, guest penciler. Good job for one of the first ones I've seen your, your work. Um, especially for such a challenging book where we expect a plus artwork all the time. Mark Morales, guest inker, Paul Mounts, colorist, species, quarter pettit, letter, Alice Ross cover, obviously. It, they've been building up for this leader thing for months now, but not, not not because they tried, because of the goddamn quarantine, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're... I'm a little disappointed, because there was always, no matter how surreal it got, or I had to reread it three or four times before I figured it out, I had a puzzle in my hands that begged the question. It was always begging the question, what did I miss? There's always something when you read read Immortal Hulk that you missed. And it was... I didn't get that from this one. I didn't get it at all. I read it three times, just because. Just, just to make sure <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't miss something. But I guess the first time... Hey, you know, why am I bitching? If, if it's the first time there's a transitional issue that not much happens after <laughs> 35 issues, one out of 35... Not so bad. But uh, give me some Marvel's X-Men because you're inside on these. I, I read them, but then when I hear you talk about them, I, I feel like I'm not smart enough to read them sometimes. Well, it's it's not really like I, – I don't think like that. I mean, the, the, for one thing, it's, it's uh, Alex Ross and Jim Kruger and artist Well B, VCs Corey Pettit. I don't even know what any of that means. Does, is this really an Alex Ross story? When you're asking yourself, hey, check your phone. When you're at, when you're asking yourself that question, it's like, um, 
is Jim Kruger. Uh, is he the one who's really doing the writing on this? Yes. A, he's writing the script. Is, is it Alex Ross's idea? Is it Alex Ross's story? It might be. It's a concept. So when you're looking at like, okay, well, I want to do this thing. Well, somebody always knows a little bit more about something and doesn't, and they can bring it to you. That's why it should, it, 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 unless you're fully fleshed out on the entire idea you want to put out there, you should always be asking other people to come along and help you develop these things. Because otherwise you can go down an entire rabbit hole. So, I mean, when you're, when you're saying that, like, it's not that anyone knows. It, it's, maybe somebody knows something that's a lot older as opposed to what's well, newer, if you know what I mean. Well, you know, does well, that make any sense? It, it does. Well, rather than ruin the story for everyone, because we both got to get going, but how do you read Marvel's X? Like, is there a specific... Do you, do you approach this with the same gravitas that you do uh, a more formally recognized comic book? What do you mean formally? Like a regular, well, well, consistent title? Well, I mean, like, when, when you get Marvels, I mean, there's there's a certain there's a certain bit of weight to it because you remember being, I remember Marvels was on the shelf right when Superman died or, or no, actually not when Superman died, when Wolverine lost all his adamantium. Well, uh, one of, well, one or the other, but, but, but there was this gravitas to this comic and the acetate cover didn't attract me to it in terms of like, Ooh, it's got a special cover. I should buy it. No, like the, the painting combined with that, it was protecting it, in which case this is a superior comic book as opposed to reading, like, you know, Dida, we're going to talk about Dead or Die. Or, well, actually, we don't have to talk to you. Just, it was a good comic, a lot of murders. Well, the Same thing, thing with that. Let me answer the question that you've got. Like, how do you, how do you read this? Um, I, I'm not looking at this as being some groundbreaking thing. And, uh, or, or better than other comic books? Well, you know what? It is better than other comic books. It's better than a lot of stuff that's out there right now. Um, because everybody's... Okay, Alex Ross... Alex Ross is painting all the time, right? This is, this is a lot of guesstimation to answer that question. Right. Alex Ross is painting all the time, or he's doing stuff in markers. I don't know what his technique is. I haven't watched any YouTube videos about Alex Ross and how he does what he does. But if he sits there and he says, hey, I got this idea... You can bet he's had the opportunity to mull it over for a while. And then he can say, I've got an idea, but I'm not a writer. And so he grabs a writer that he trusts and said, how do we flesh this out? And right. let that guy do the writer. That's why that guy's the script. When you watch any episode of Seinfeld or you watch any episode of anything, any movie, especially some messed up story like World War Z, go back and watch the movie World War Z. How many people are characterized as story by this guy, that guy, this chick, that woman, this person, this other person? It's like, what the crap? And then yeah. how many people actually are credited as written by? Because that's the person who wrote the script. That's the person who artfully crafted something that could be filmed. And it's the same way here. I'm not saying anything negative towards Alex Ross. I think he had a great idea, and I think this is a good idea, and this is a great book. I think everybody should read this book because what this book does is it, it, it is not bound to 
everything that's going on in the entire Marvel Universe right now. It's its own story. It never happened. Or it did in one of the pan-multiversal situations, like it's universe 72,444. Or, or we just didn't know that it happened, it was a story that wasn't told yet. Yeah, I mean, if, if at the end of this, they find a way to revert everybody back to their previous condition, and they don't have their crazy mutations and powers and whatever, and we say, yeah, this happened uh, in 1983 and no one remembers... I, hey, okay, that's a huge event book that nobody ever said. You know, did this, this happened before the black Spider-Man costume. It can't because he's got a daughter. Like, none of that right. possibly makes any sense. But there are ways to make us buy it. Uh, and I'm not even literally saying, like, off the shelf. So why is this book great? Because it's not weighed down by all of the other BS out there. All the shit I was talking about earlier that bothers me. <laughs> yeah, it it's adds a, up. Yeah. All of that stuff at a certain point, when, you, when you're when you going to... The guts of like, oh, we're going to create this thing and there's only so many stories. When you watch Star Trek, the original series, you're like, okay, this is it. I've got it for what it is. I take it for granted there's a federation with however many member worlds and all of these wacky aliens and that there are these bad guys and those bad guys and maybe some other bad guys. And why have they never revisited these pirates? And that there are other starships and other captains and other crews that are doing equally as cool stuff or slightly less cool. And then you get to the next generation. And you're like, okay, this isn't going to be that show. This is no. going to be TNG. This is the same universe. It's bigger now. There are more aliens. There are different aliens. We don't know, any, you know, and it's like we don't know anything about those guys until they get introduced. That's the beauty of this. Like, when you go back and... Remember that book, 1985, that came out a couple of years ago? I do. Dude, it's the same thing. It's a universe where we get to play with all of these characters however we want to. Even Old Man Logan. There's no way that's the ultimate, like, end of the Marvel U. None of those the end books are the end of those characters. You know? Correct. So... Basically, I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the compelling feature there is that we get to play with something. And I guarantee Alex Ross sat there and said, hey, I got this great idea. Help me flesh it out. But he's only doing the covers. Or maybe he didn't have that much to do with it, and he's getting just paid because of the covers. Hey, no matter what it was, it's, it's great. Yeah, More power to him. He, so what he have we always got delivers. I, I, what have we got in here? David is... Finally, he is he is the prisoner of the lion version of Craven. Craven morphed. Craven the Hunter morphed into a lion, and he what what the sneaky trick of this whole business is is that Craven wants the last man, the last unaltered man on Earth, to hunt and kill himself. He wants this person, <laughs> this kid, to kill him because he's a man, and because Craven is now the beast. It's an amazing, like, to, you could do anything in the Marvel Universe. And to make Craven the Hunter the bad guy of this whole situation is like, dude, way to go. So, so, what a it's gutsy ballsy. move. Like, it's ballsy. It could have been Magneto. It could have been Doctor Doom. It could have been... 
Thanos. It could have <laughs> been Thanos. It could have been some completely new character. It could have been the Beyonder. It could have been Molecule Man. Think of the most powerful villains there are. Or it could have been a completely new villain that was beyond belief because everybody has powers now. But it's like, no, man, it's Craven the Hunter, and Craven is is the mirror image of what he was, and he wants to fulfill Craven's dialectic to have man kill beast. I was, and, and oh my god, I just think that's incredibly gutsy, especially after we did all that stuff on Craven recently. Correct. But, uh, what I, but I mean, that is, I, that's what I appreciate most about this. Simultaneously, we have a really cool moment where Spider-Man, with his slashes through the spider on his chest, goes to go see Luke Cage, who takes off his little, like, Luke Cage tiara thing, and he's like, I'm Sheriff Cage now. I'm going to put, the, <laughs> I'm going to clean up the streets. And I really, really, really love how Spidey is going around doing Spidey stuff, and he's just basically giving his captain's log out into the air. He's not thinking this to anybody. He's saying it because he knows Matt Murdock Daredevil can hear him wherever Matt is. And I'm like, man, the faith that Peter has. And at the same time, he doesn't really know if Matt's still alive. And then what does Matt do? He goes to Central Park and he finds the invisible woman. And he's like, dude, I can find you. Just because you're invisible doesn't mean I can't find you. I'm Daredevil. That's dude, awesome. That's what I appreciate most about this, is that the writers, the creative team, has taken these characters and said, your power set we're going to do something with your power set that literally no one has ever done before. And I'm like, how is it that we've, in, in tens of thousands of issues of Marvel Comics, have we never seen Daredevil just be like, I know where Sue Storm is. I can hear her heartbeat. It doesn't matter. You think I, can I can't tell where she is? Like, oh my God. I can hear them titties jiggle. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it just this is a great book. If you're not reading it, you are you are in for a great time when this comes out in six issues or five issues or whatever they're doing. Uh, so far, I really appreciate. I really appreciate that so, like major stuff has happened and major stuff has resolved itself while simultaneously allowing for more story. If this is going to be a six parter, or if this is going to be concurrent, if this is going to be an ongoing book. I'm like, this is more interesting than anything that's happened in Amazing Spider-Man in a decade. Well, last but not least, that I die. Number 11. Yeah, I think we're going to have to get to Guardians of the Galaxy later, folks. No, no, we have to get to Guardians of the Galaxy later because we have to read it four more times. And, like, I feel like, <laughs> I, I feel like, I feel like... When I read that, it was like, did I just accidentally take acid? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> hey, dude, it had a major Grant Morrison character in it. Of course it, you did. It, it, it did. So just Robert Kirkman writer, Scott Gimple, co-plot, Chris Burnham artist, Nathan Fairbain colorist, Russ Wooten letterer, Sean Mekowitz editor. Da-da-die. Number 11. Murders. If you want to see a bunch of people get murdered in the most awesome way with the most fuck you people, read it. Like, I, it took me a while to get in this comic. Uh, granted, the last one I was hooked because of the, the dick babies. Dick babies. <laughs> uh, there's no, I really can't. I, mean, I could tell you what happened in here, and it wouldn't matter. You have to look at it. But 
I wanted to make sure we got them got that in there because it was definitely an honorable mention for this week. But Guardians of the Galaxy, well, let's do that next week because uh, let us read a few times like <laughs> before we even talk about it. Yeah, sorry, but, everybody. Uh, it's, guys, it is a week where we are both uh, beset with a- additional um, uh, obligations. So limit uh, pushing to the max. The yeah, fact that we're getting like three a week. Goddamn, doing yeah. shows and DJing. dude, I, I built I built my first uh, DJ mix last night. Nice, yeah. Since, yeah, you were telling me a bit about it. You got to do some work with that recently. Since, since 2007. I, I made my first mix since 2007 last night, and I'm going to go through it and figure out what I did wrong and then redo it and put it on the fucking site. But <laughs> it's some good shit, man. But uh, good shit. Good shit. This is good shit. I love you, man. Love you go too, see dude. your boy. Go see your boy. Have a good-ass time. Catch some Pokemon. Some Pokemon. Uh, and... Uh, this is dangerous. This is dangerous. This transmission, this transmission is, is over. over.